Hello, and welcome to the Mama Mentor Podcast. My name is Joyce, and here we talk about everything life. So, how's everyone doing? How's your summer been? Did you have a bucket list that you were doing a lot of activities from? Did you guys have a family plan where you went on vacation and you did projects and you did fun activities around the house or were you more casual and kind of just taking each day as it came? My family was kind of the latter. We were kind of like take every day as it came. We saw a lot of movies this summer though. Um, So we saw the new Transformers movie. I thought it was pretty good. My youngest son was kind of so-so about it. Um, I saw... We also saw the new Indiana Jones movie. Um, I liked it except for the character that plays his goddaughter. I wasn't a fan of either her or her part that she played. I think they could have gone a different way with that character and still had a really good storyline. So yeah, that's my opinion on it. Um, what an, another movie I saw was I also saw the new Mission Impossible movie, the part one. I thought that was really good. I've heard mixed reviews. A lot of people didn't like it. I'm not really under, I'm not really sure why. I thought it was right on par with all of the other ones. Part of it could be that it was that it was a part one and people didn't like that it didn't um, kind of wrap up the storyline. But I think if you saw it, it wrapped up as much of the storyline as it could in that part. So there will be more in the second part, but they did a lot of the storyline. So it kind of left off at a really good place, which a lot of times they really don't leave things off at a good place when there's a part one and a part two. So... I thought that was well done. Um, and it's a Mission Impossible movie. This is not a documentary on whatever. You know, it's Mission Impossible. It's, if you are old enough to have watched the original TV series, then you'll know what I'm talking about. This is not supposed to be um, super, super intellectual. That's the word I'm looking for. It is supposed to be entertaining. You are supposed to get to see them use amazing gadgets and do impossible stunts and do stuff that, you know, is not everyday and not accomplishable. I don't know if that's a word. Not easily accomplished by everyday people or even everyday scenarios. But that's the whole point. That's why it's called Mission Impossible, not Mission Probable or mission achievable. It's called mission impossible because they do one impossible thing after the other. So if you watch the TV series, which was amazing by the way, um, and I loved it and I watched it all the time. So I think the movies are very true to the original um, makeup of of that TV series. I think that it was, it was, they took the premise of that original TV series and when they're making the movies, it's along the same premise of things that they do that are impossible, that are, you know, 
I don't want to say ridiculous because that means that they're silly, but they're not. They're fun and they're over the top, but that's how it's supposed to be. That's the genre of Mission Impossible. So to the haters out there, haters going to hate. Um, the other movie that we saw, and they, these two both came out in the same weekend, the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer. We saw Oppenheimer. Um, it was, I'm not going to lie, I was not going to go see it. <laughs> not that I have anything against the movie or anything like that. I just, it, it's just not my thing. But my youngest son was dying to see this movie. And so, of course, I went with him to see the movie because I'm a good parent that way. And you know what? I loved it. I loved how they put together the storyline. I loved how they kind of Quentin Tarantino'd it around a bit. So you kind of saw before and after the actual event. Um, you saw sides of the storyline that probably up until you see the movie, you weren't aware of, at least I was not. Um, points of view that I was not aware of and just really how breathtakingly hard that that whole scenario was. Um, the hubris that was also wrapped up in all that. And a lot of the two-facedness that was going on. That, again, you know, I was not alive during that time. So I had only learned a certain part of it. Um, but it really brought it to the forefront. Great actors in the movie. They did great parts. Really want to super, super high five to both um, Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. They played very difficult parts very beautifully. Very beautifully. Um, and, sh and, and I hope, like, come Oscar season, those two better get some Oscars. And Emily Blunt, as uh, Dr. Oppenheimer's wife, huge part. You didn't really understand, or at least I didn't, before I saw the movie, um, the turmoil in their relationship um, and this, the, the hurt kind of on both sides, the, the, how difficult it was to be in a marriage while all this was going on. And I don't know very much about Oppenheimer's wife, but if Emily Blunt accurately portrayed her, then shout out to Mrs. Oppenheimer. Um, because she hoed some very difficult rows. <clears throat> and yet there was a couple of scenes in the movie where you really, again, and I hope, I hope that was true to, to fact, the parts I'm referring to, of just the closeness that those two had. Um, and it was a difficult time. Like, very difficult time. Anyways, 5,000 stars out of five to that movie. So glad my son wanted to see it because if he hadn't wanted to see it, I would never have seen it. And I'm glad I not only saw it, but I got to see it in the theater. So yay. 
so yeah lots of movies seen this this summer more than like we usually do a movie or two in the summer but that's a lot like a lot of movies um and the barbie movie came out on the same weekend now even as a child not super fan of barbies had a barbie (laughs) it's funny because just side note and nobody will care about this except for my sister and i um but Okay, so my sister and I are not even two years apart. We're almost like it's 22 months or something like that. Anyways, um, we had Barbies. And for some reason, our our mother kind of treated us like twins. It was ridiculous. Um, so always got us the same thing all the time. And so I think one of the reasons why I didn't want to go see the Barbie movie is because I was more a dolls kind of person, like a baby doll, kind of played house played office, answering my Fisher Price phone, pretending I was making appointments. Um, But we did have Barbies and our older sister had the Barbie dream home or whatever it's called. And occasionally she would, she was much older than us. um, She would let us play with it. And so we would get to, you know, take our Barbies up and down the elevator and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, (laughs) one of the most poignant moments between me and my sister as children and we still still remember this incident and funny enough we actually remember it exactly the same way and my oldest son has heard the story and he heard it for years from me and then he actually heard it from my sister too and had always thought that I was telling it from my point of view and that she would have a different version of the story and was quite surprised and shocked when she told the story and literally told him the same version of the story. And, and he's like, Oh wow. And the fact that both of us remember it so vividly and it was so impactful. Anyways, what happened? This is the, this is the whole thing. So she cut all the hair off of her Barbie. And then of course had hair cutter remorse and it's a Barbie. So it's not growing back, cried and whined and complained and convinced my mother that I should give her my Barbie. How that seemed like a rational decision, I don't know. And as a parent, I would have been like, uh, no, you cut your Barbie's hair, so now your Barbie has short hair. Deal with it. Make a choice you can be happy with. But what actually happened was my mother actually made me give her my Barbie. So of course, I had ginormous resentment and carried that well into adulthood, probably past the time that is healthy. Anyways, but we both remember this incident. So, of course, when the Barbie movie came up, I was like, "Mm, wasn't really a fan of Barbies and, you know, kind of have this childhood trauma attached to the whole Barbie issue. Anyways, I'm kind of thinking I should see it now because all over social media, and I don't know if you guys are seeing this too, I'm sort of getting the idea that the Barbie movie brought up amongst its watchers a very deep response of um, how patriarchal society is very damaging. Um, And that there's certain scenes in the movie that really illustrate this and how that the patriarchal society is not just damaging for women, but it's also damaging for men. And so there's a lot of like, 
actors and celebrities and even everyday people that are like kind of going, yeah, you know, this made an impact on my life seeing this movie and it brought, and I thought this and I thought that. So I'm kind of thinking now, just out of curiosity, that I want to see the movie and see what they're talking about. Now, I don't think I'll go see it in theaters, but I have the Cineplex app on my TV at home. So I will probably digress and watch it that way just from a purely scientific, I don't even know if that's the right word. Not watching it because I want to see the Barbie movie, but I want to watch it to see if these issues and these points and these scenarios and everything they're talking about, if I can get that from the movie too, because I super, super love when you go see a movie and the movie's about one thing, but it's actually about another thing. I love movies like that where you come out going, I have some deep thoughts and I have some deep opinions now and I have, and this has made me think things and this has made me, you know, figure out where I'm at, you know, because sometimes you'll go see a movie and you won't realize you have a specific opinion on a topic. Maybe you're just kind of middle of the road or you didn't think about it at all. You didn't really have a strong opinion and then you watch a movie and it kind of pulls that out of you and you're like okay I didn't think about this before but I'm thinking about it now and I'm in this camp of thought so I kind of want to see if it has that effect on me because there's been a few movies that I've gone to that have that that the movie's about one thing but there's a very underlying story and there's very underlying things and it really you know invokes a lot of thought and discussion and stuff like that and so I super love that kind of thing so I'm probably gonna see the Barbie movie so other than that it's been a lot of gardening like I said we've been working if you've been listening to the podcast you know we have been we put in a raised bed garden one of nine. Um, we haven't put in the other eight yet, so don't let me get ahead of myself. We put one, but there will it'll be a nine grid when we're finished. So far, we've put in the one. Um, but then we did a field garden, and both of them are doing well, very productive. Looking forward to a harvest of that. If you follow me on Instagram, at um, Seven Martians on Mars, you will see pictures of both my urban garden and in the city and the raised bed garden out of the farm and the field garden out of the farm. And you will see, we have done some great things. And honestly, more than I thought we were going to do this season, which is great. Kind of makes me happy. Um, In town, in my urban garden, I put in... (laughs) Okay, my garden is doing great. So a couple of successes right off the bat. So calendula doing great at both places. Lots of cherry tomatoes on, on the bushes in my urban garden. Um, also in my urban garden, I tried this year for the first time growing spaghetti squash. Um, because I'm really excited to like cook it and try it with some pasta sauce and just really like, is this a thing? You know, because everyone's like, oh, you just, you know, cook it and then you scrape it up and it's in place of the pasta noodles. Not that I have anything against pasta noodles. Love pasta noodles. Not gluten-free. None of that stuff. Love it, love it, love it. I just like any time I can incorporate any vegetables. And because I can't grow pasta in my yard, it's fun to grow spaghetti squash. Anyways, 
I had no idea how to do it. Um, and to be honest, I kind of sucked at zucchini, even though they're growing great out at the farm. I have, I've only been able to one time successfully grow zucchini in my urban garden. And because spaghetti squash is part of the squash family, I was like, mm, I don't know if this is going to work. But however, I don't know what I did right, but I have got so far three big spaghetti squash that I have to like cut off the vine and like harvest and more are coming. So yay me. Um, also I was, every year I, I always buy sunflowers and I buy different kinds. So I buy like the big giant sunflower ones and I buy like the kind of the middle of the ones. And then I buy kind of ones that are brown and red around the outside because I like to grow sunflowers. I just think they're just neat. So what I thought I put in the same, and all my urban garden beds, just for reference, are all raised. None of them are like surface. They're, they're all in raised beds. Now I have open raised beds, which means the bottom doesn't have a bottom on it. So it's so like all the soil, but then it can touch the native soil. So it can grow down into the native soil, should it desire to. Um, but that's what they all are. I have like seven of them. And uh, so in the same bed that I put carrots and these spaghetti squash, I also was like, you know, what would be fun is if I grew some shorter sunflower varieties that grow to like maybe two feet tall, two and a half feet tall, because then, you know, it looks nice where they are in my urban garden. And, you know, then I can harvest them and have bouquets and stuff like that. That was the plan. Well, it quickly became evident that what I put in the ground was not the short sunflower seeds. So currently, one of the, they're all 12 feet tall, and there's one that I swear to you is 15 feet tall. Like taller than I thought sunflowers could get. And it looks like it's still growing. Like we've still got another month. So I'm kind of, it's kind of fun. They're ginormous. Like, and they have like, it's not even a stem anymore at this point. It's like a trunk. Like, so it's like, mm, like if you were to grip it at the bottom, you probably couldn't touch your thumb to your fingers around the stem at the bottom. Like it's thick. It's like a trunk of a tree, but it's super fun. And they're, and they're all different colors. Like, so there's like the flowers are yellow on some, some of them are that reddish brown and they're amazing. And the bees are loving them. And not only that, I think I'm going to get sunflower seeds. Now, before you come at me going, why are you surprised that you're getting sunflower seeds from a sunflower? Because anytime I've ever grown them, I don't know if I've gotten, I don't know if I've, they've gotten that far or anyways, I've never harvested sunflower seeds from a sunflower. That's just how it is. But I think I'm going to be able to this time because there's a couple of them that have got really big like sunflower heads on them. And I swear to you that there's seeds in there. And that is super exciting. And even the ones out at the farm that were only planted like six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, they are like probably, I'm going to say three feet tall. And I think they, I think what I did was I swapped accidentally the seeds for it for each place because at the farm, I wanted a really tall set of sunflowers at the back, like on the north side of the, of the field garden. And then a row in front of them would be slightly smaller just so, you know, just so it could be amazing. And because it was a big space. And so in 
relation to the amount of land around it, it would not seem ridiculous being really tall. And, uh, but they're already starting to form heads on them to flower, which is what they do when they're kind of like grown as tall as they're going to get. And they're, like I said, they're, they're like two and a half, three feet tall. So, and yet the ones at home in town are like 15 feet tall. So I'm kind of thinking those seeds got swapped. So super funny yet super fun, but I'm loving the fact that they're there and I'm going to get sunflower seeds off them, which is great because I can feed those to the birds because I don't really like sunflower seeds, to be fair, like at all. Like it doesn't, it's not the shelling because I don't even, if you take all the shells off them, I still don't like the seeds. Like they're okay, but like I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, and I made a salad and I put dried cranberries in it and pumpkin seeds and sunflowers. No, I'm not that person. I'm just not that person. But What's really nice is that I can dry the heads and leave them out for the birds because we have a long, cold winter with lots of snow. And funny enough, we have birds that are out through all of it. Like not all the birds. Like we do have migratory birds here that, you know, bugger off for the, for the winter. But we also have birds that are literally not only are here for the winter, but like you'll like on a snowy day when it's like 25 below zero, they're flying around and they're fat and, they're, and this will give them food because they happen to really like sunflower seeds. The birds that stick around in the winter because they are very rich in the, you know, when you get sunflower seed oil, like so they're oily and so that gives them the fat and the nutrition that they need. So perfect. So that'll be fun. And I definitely you know, with three spaghetti squash so far and some on the way, I'm going to have, you know, I don't know if I'll have enough spaghetti squash to go through the whole winter. Maybe, I don't know, depending on how many get off there and how often I want to eat spaghetti squash. But that's super good. And of course the cherry tomatoes and the carrots are doing great. Um, I didn't do very well with beans in my city garden but the beans out of the farm are great and there'll be enough of them that I won't have to worry that they didn't grow great in town. So that's amazing. I'm getting tons of raspberries. My apple tree has two dozen um, apples that are like mostly red. I think they're a Honeycrisp apple is the, the, the variety that I think that tree is. And this is really the first year. The tree's only been planted like three or four years ago and it's probably... I'm going to say it's about 15 feet tall too, but we've, this is our first year that we'll be really harvesting apples off of. And we thinned them out like some of the really small ones so that the, that the energy could be given to the ones that were getting big and fatten them up a bit. And that's super exciting because that's like two dozen apples. And I don't know if you've gone to the store lately and priced out an apple, but they're not cheap. Like, so we probably have... I don't know, $20, $30 worth of apples on our tree with no pesticides and no herbicides and no nothing. So completely organic apples, yay us, as is all of our vegetables. We are very organic because, um, yeah, we just don't want to eat pesticides or herbicides. You know, call us crazy. So that's kind of exciting too. So lots of lots of good stuff on the, on the garden front for summer. Um, I've... Listen to a lot of really great audiobooks um, this summer. 
So I've listened to a lot of the Alex Cross. That's kind of the series that I'm working with right now. Um, another one is, what else was I listening to? Alex Cross. And there was another one. I can't remember what it was. It was the Sigma Force series. So um, the Sigma Force series is by James Rollins. And obviously the Alex Cross series is by James Patterson. Uh, James Patterson, I'm a huge fan of James Patterson fan. Every once in a while I hear like nasty things about him. So I don't know if he's like a nice person in real life, but whatever, he writes good. Um, he writes the women's murder series and he writes the Alex Cross series and I love both of them. So, you know, we're not besties. So I don't know, like, I don't think he's done anything atrocious that I've heard. Maybe he has, I don't know. Anyways, love the series. So I've been listening to a lot of those because it's so easy for me when I'm doing like my painting crafts or I'm crocheting or I'm gardening or driving out to the farm to be listening to the audiobook. So I've been able to go through quite a bit of books at the time or this summer. So that's super exciting. Um, another, what else have I been doing this summer? Um, yeah, so I've been working a lot, uh, on some more journals and planners. So if you listen to my first podcast way back, episode number one, um, I talked about how I use, um, a daily planner and a daily journal to like set my day up for the next day for the important tasks that I have to do a little bit of meal planning. And then I use the journal for writing down those thoughts. Like where, you know how you have those thoughts at like nine o'clock at night where you're like, oh, this just popped into my head. This really good idea. Well, I write that all down kind of at bedtime because I get those thoughts at bedtime too. So I've been working on some more versions of that um, just so that everyone can, you know, get one that they like. Um, they can be found on Amazon. I'm also working on a website for the podcast. So, cause if you notice, if you listen, especially in some of my earlier episodes, I'll say, I'll leave it in the show notes, except that there's no place to get the show notes. So what I'm doing is I'm working on a website for the podcast so that when I say you'll see it in the show notes, there's going to be a link under the podcast episode that you can click and it'll go to that episode's, um, spot on the website and it will have show notes. So if I've mentioned products that I'm using or journals or planners that I've created, or, um, you know, there'll be a link there. So if you're not like an audible user, you can get like a free trial of audible, that kind of stuff. So it will be show notes so that you can, all the resources that I mentioned are easily findable with a link at the bottom of, so if you like click on the description of the podcast that you're listening to. It will have a link at the bottom that'll connect you to the show notes. So I'm working on that as well. Been working on that this summer and, uh, kind of setting, trying to set a little bit of intentions for, um, the last quarter of the year, or I guess maybe not the last quarter, the last third because it's four months. I'm thinking kind of September, October, November, December. So I'm trying to kind of plan a little bit ahead of that for, you know, because it just seems, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but once that September starts, that September, October, November, December, 
whizzes by. It is one thing after another. It's back to school for those of you that still have kids in school or that are starting school. You know, then it's um, in Canada, our Thanksgiving is in October. So for us, it goes like back to school. Then we have Thanksgiving um, early in October. Then we have Halloween, obviously at the end. Then through November. And even though those of us like our Thanksgiving is in in October in Canada, we are still mindful of the American Thanksgiving because the day after the American Thanksgiving is, you guessed it, Black Friday. So a lot of us kind of are mindful like to buy upcoming, say, Christmas presents or birthday presents on any Black Friday sales that are like, so if you're going to buy some big electronics, it's usually a good time to like, you know, that's when Amazon has a lot of big sales and stuff like that. So we're mindful of that. And then of course you're into, you know, the Christmas season and that's, you know, like you've got get togethers and you've got parties and maybe you've, your kids have Christmas concerts and you're doing, you know, gift wrapping and meal planning and all that stuff. And then there's New Year's. So I just find that that's a really jam packed season right from the beginning of September, right until I don't feel it kind of slows down till probably, well, I don't know, like the third or fourth of January. So it's kind of really intense. And so I always like to go into that season mindful of what's coming and kind of having a little bit of a game plan. So for instance, I already, even though it's only August, start thinking about uh, what I want to buy people for Christmas. Am I going to send out Christmas cards this year? Am I going to do Christmas baking? Am I going to participate in a cookie exchange? Do I have all of my, everything that I need for winter? Like, you know, do I need to do any maintenance on the car? You know, do I need a new snow shovel? You know, those kind of things. Um, kind of pre-planning for, Thanksgiving, making sure I've got everything Christmas decoration wise and wrapping paper wise and kind of just brainstorming all those things so that I'm not kind of caught behind the eight ball once those seasons are upon me. Like I don't want it to be, you know, into September and I'm going, I don't have enough fall decor for my home that I would like, or I need to make sure that I do the the yard cleanup and any final projects in the yard before the end of September, because after the end of September, where I live, we could get snow at any point. And there's been times where we've had no snow well into November, December. And there's been other times when we've got a foot of it at Thanksgiving, which is usually like the 9th or the 10th of October. So I, and and here's what I found in past years too. The more organized I am with that yard cleanup and having that fall decor out and really just having a handle on things, the longer the snow takes to come. I don't know what it is, but if I like leave my hose out and don't pull out my plants and I don't get the fall decor, snow every time, every time. So it's kind of this little game that I play with myself. Like I'll do all this work by the end of September because then I'll have no snow for another two months. And most of the time it's, it's really bang on accurate. It's kind of weird. 
So there's a lot that has to be done because there, like I said, there is their harvest. And then we've got to like, make sure we clean up any of the garden beds that we're going to clean up. And we have to put away the hose and we have to put away the barbecue and the lawn furniture, or at least stack it. We have to make sure that everything is picked up off the yard. We have to do like a final mow. And then, you know, this year I'm planning actually, because my front yard struggled to have good grass. And usually I'm not a like lawn grass person because personally I find it a waste of space but in my front yard there really isn't anything like everything that's there is there and the space that's left is grass and I want it to be nice grass because they're real like I can't do anything else with it so I'd like it to at least look nice and this year I overseeded it and so I would like to put some fall fertilizer on so that has to be done in a timely fashion because you know you can't really sprinkle it over top of the snow so I'd like to get that all on there I want to know what I'm going to be doing for, are we having a big Thanksgiving out at the farm? Because this is our first year having the farm for Thanksgiving. So are we doing a big dinner out here or is it going to be at the house in town? Those kind of things. And so I want to kind of nail down those ideas and plans so that I can feel like I can just kind of walk a little bit slower through that season. Because I find if I pre-plan stuff in my head, even if stuff isn't altogether done, even if I'm just methodically going through a list, I find it more relaxing. Hence my journals for writing all this stuff down, because then I can make lists of what needs to be done in the yard. And I've already started doing that. And what's what I want to do for Thanksgiving and what gifts do I want to purchase for Christmas? And what are we doing for Christmas? We know we're doing Christmas at the farm this year. So that's amazing. Um, and we're going to have like friends and family from all over um, come have a big celebration with us. We're not 100% sure in what day we're doing it on, but definitely during the Christmas season. Then I want to nail down my New Year's Eve plans. And I always like to do, a lot of people do a spring cleaning, but I like to also do a fall cleaning. Good time to declutter, get stuff out of the house. Because like, it's a lot easier to you know, air out your house and take bags to goodwill when you're not trudging through two feet of snow to do it. So I kind of like to get that all done before the snow comes. Um, and it's just a habit I started when the older kids were younger because what we did at that time was a lot of times we would go through their toys and clothes and stuff like that to donate or give to friends and family um, or, you know, sell on Facebook Marketplace, that kind of thing, with the intention that that then frees up space for, you know, getting new clothes at Christmas or getting a new toy or whatever, but it's not adding more stuff. So there's room for those pieces to be brought into the house. So we're just kind of swapping belongings as opposed to just adding to the pile because I'm not a big fan of that adding to the pile thing. I'm not a, I'm trying not to be a clutter bug. I do not too bad out at the farm. The house in town still needs to have some work and I am working on it. And I think I need to be a little bit more ruthless. And I think I'm going to be more ruthless in the next four months so that that's not something that is nagging at me all winter. Because if I leave it till it's winter and I have, so I know the feeling is that I always feel like, oh, I should have got this done when the weather is nice because now it's crappy. And so if I do it now, it's going to be, you know, slogging through snow to get bags to goodwill. Or it's really hard to meet up with people on Facebook Marketplace in the winter, you know, because you have to meet up with them or they're coming to your house. And it's just a whole 
I just find it more difficult if I do it that way. So if I do as much as I can in and outside of the house before the snow falls, which like I said, usually the latest you can leave that stuff is till Thanksgiving, the Canadian Thanksgiving, which is kind of like early to mid October. So I'm already starting to make plans for that. And I think this year I'm going to be more ruthless because there really still is a lot of volume in my city house that simply does not need to be there. So part of that stuff is going to come out to the farm where I do have the space and the time, because when I'm out here, it's, it's all my time. It's, I pursue my hobbies that I like to do. I do gardening. I relax. I record my podcasts. I do writing. So it's a lot of me time. So it makes sense to have all of the accoutrement that goes with my hobbies and my leisure activities to be at the place where I have the most leisure time and the most space to do it. So that's going to help a lot. But again, that's trips of bringing stuff out to the farm. And that's something that I have to be mindful of. So that's something that's really on my radar. So yeah, that's kind of what my summer has been like is kind of trying to get as much enjoyment out of the house in the city and the farm, plus seeing the movies, spending time with my son. Um, I've gotten together a few times with friends. Um, I'm hoping to have an upcoming paddleboard day with a girlfriend of mine. Um, we were supposed to go this weekend, but she had a family engagement she forgot about. So we had to, we had to rain check it. So we're gonna, you know, we might do it next weekend. So that will be fun. Just trying to just get the most out of the summer before the, the regimented time of school starts. Because that, you know, you're kind of, you're a little more constrained at that time because, you know, you can't just decide to go kayaking on a Wednesday because of school. So we've been trying to get the most enjoyment we can out of the summer. With the mindset of fall is approaching and those four months of really intense projects and activities and schedules come upon us. So yeah, I'm anxious to hear if you guys want to leave any comments. I would love to hear what your favorite part of your summer activities was. Like what was something that maybe wasn't on your radar and you ended up doing and you're like, wow, I didn't, I wasn't even planning on doing that, but I did it and it was fantastic. And I'm glad that I did it. I'd love to hear that. Cause I always want to hear what other people are doing on their suggestions. Cause I'm kind of, I, I kind of sit between two camps of like schedule a whole bunch of things and do summer camp and, and family camping and activities and activities and activities. And yet there's another part of me that goes, oh, it's just summer. Just put the flip-flops on and just let the days come as they come. Sleep till you're done sleeping and then do what you want to do when you get up. And I'm kind of caught between those two camps. And so I've been kind of flip-flopping back and forth between those all, all winter or all summer. So yeah, but it's been a, it's, it's been a summer. It's been a summer, the garden. I'm, I'm so pleased with the garden, both in town and out at the farm. And um, we didn't have too much of a smoky season as we have in the past, which was nice from forest fires. There were some really bad times. Like we, we slogged through it a little bit. But overall, the weather was good. We got rain when we needed it, sun when we needed it. Yeah, it was 
the weather was great. So I kind of feel like summer went too fast. Like it's really hard to believe that it's like the middle of August, like middle to end of August right now. Like that's, I, I, I can't believe that. Like the time to school starting is in weeks as opposed to months. And it just feels like yesterday or last week that I was thinking, oh, this many, only one more month till school is done. So kind of went a little fast for me. So I kind of wish it had gone a little bit slower pace, but there's been a lot going on behind the scenes as well in our family through the, through the summer that I won't get into, um, that has taken up a lot of time. But yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys were doing. And if you guys have tried anything, I really want to hear, I know I've said this now on, this will be the third podcast I've said it. I want to hear from those of you who have done my two pot gardening experiment. I really want to hear, like, did you do it? How did it turn out? What did you grow? Like, love hearing that. And if you follow me on Instagram, at 7MartiansOnMars, like, post a picture of your two-pot gardening experiment and what you grew and tag me in it. Because I would love, love, love to see what you grew. Because I'm sure everybody's two pots, one of flowers and one of vegetables, is going to be different. I'm sure everybody grew something different. And I am so anxious to see those of you that did the experiment, what you grew and how you're loving it. Tell me everything. So, yeah. Please tag me in those posts on Instagram because, and I will look at them and I will respond to them and congratulate you because I'm sure you all did very, very well. And if you also, when you tag me, if you have any other questions too, as you do your little post with your picture on Instagram and you tag me in it, ask your question there and I will respond to it. And I check my Instagram every day. So if you tag me in it, I will see the tag and I will see your question and I will answer it in case you don't want to, you know, comment on the podcast. So that's what I'm really excited to see. I've I had some good, like I said, I tried the spaghetti squash this year, loved it. The sunflowers, even though it was hilarious that they're 15 feet tall, still loving it. My calendula, amazing. Oh, I can't believe I forgot to say this part. I also grew onions and leeks for the first time ever. And I've never been able to grow either one of those before. I don't know if I've given it the good try though, to be fair. But I actually am going to have like onions that I'm going to need to like dry and braid in the whole bit. And I only grew two leeks. So it'll be like one potato leek soup. Actually, I could probably stretch it to two because I can put one leek in a bunch of potatoes so I can make potato leek soup twice with my leeks. But the onions, I think, and there I grew walla wallas. So I think I planted 10 or 12 of them so like not a year's worth of onions by any stretch of the imagination, but super pleased with how big they are. And like I said, we still have another month in our growing season. Like I won't be harvesting these onions probably for another month. So they've still got some space to grow. So that was a, a little bit of an experiment for me, the spaghetti squash, the onions and the leeks. 
and I'm really pleased with how they turned out. And it's definitely something I'm going to do again. I will probably grow more of them out on the farm just because I can put more, because I'd ideally like to have enough onions that I have onions for a year. So like I'm running out of onions just as the new ones are getting ready to use. And same with leeks. Leeks probably, because I don't know if you can keep leeks. I don't know how you would keep a leek. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if you just have to eat a lot of potato leek soup. I don't know how that works. So I might have to do some research. But definitely you can store the spaghetti squash. I recently learned that if you cut them and then you kind of sit them like the same way that you with onions, let you know, in a cool well-ventilated area where they can kind of harden up, I guess is the right term, the outsides. And apparently if you do that, then you can store them in a cool, dry place and they will store for like six months. So that's a plus. So I definitely want to do more of those next year, but super pleased with how well it went this year. I'm, I know what to do to get them to grow well and to get them through the, like the hot seasons and all of that kind of stuff. I know what kind of soil they like. They are all heavy feeders. So I, 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 and I use an, an organic slow release fertilizer for them. And so I know a good feeding regimen for them. So that was my experiment for this year is those three things and really well, really pleased with them. And again, if you follow me on Instagram, I will be posting pictures, uh, of the spaghetti, I'll probably post some spaghetti squash. There is one up there on there. If you, of one of them, of the biggest one that's on there already. So if you want to go over and check on that, you'll see it there. Uh, there is also pictures of the sunflowers too. I don't know if you can tell from the picture, the height that they are, but they're ginormous. But as the month unfolds between now and like when the, uh, end of harvest, you'll see when I take off all the spaghetti squashes and are curing them, you'll see when I take off all the onions and are going to dry them and you'll see my leeks. So if you follow me on there, that's where you'll see them. So I hope you are having a good week. Love you tons. And I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.